Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So it was a bit of a sad day. Well, sort of sad. In some ways, extraordinarily glad and happy, but some ways sad. Uh, it was sad for my customers, I suppose. Um, uh, so last week, I announced the sort of the, I guess, the end of life, the sunset, um, the shutdown, whatever kind of word you want to use for it, um, of one of my uh, sort of probably, I guess, my, my second, second or third oldest uh, like product, which is Feed Wrangler. So um, I have an, I, back when Google Reader announced that they were going to be ending Google Reader, um, I had been in the process, actually, of building an RSS syncing service um, that hadn't announced it yet. And then, you know, Google announces that this is something that they're going to do. And, of course, it's like, well, this is perfect. I mean, I just have this, 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 this golden opportunity to kind of jump in here with this thing that I'd already been building um, and sort of co- coincide with Google Reader ending. And that became a feed wrangler. It was a product that um, I worked on for, you know, I guess it's, I think it's about nine years old at this point. Um, and it, wow. it, it sort of, it's always been, some, yeah, it's a long time. I, I had no idea it was that old. I mean, like, if you would have asked me, like, how old, you know, how long ago did Google Rear shut down? I mean, yeah, that, that seems like a long time ago. That seems like, you know, ancient history and internet terms. Uh, but to, to say, oh, this product that you've been running is X years old, that's a very different feeling, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to have, like, I don't think I've ever run anything for nine years. Yeah. Except, like, like my blog. You know? Sure. <laughs> it's like your blog, maybe your Twitter account. I don't even know. Like, yeah those are the but yeah it's like nine years is this this has been running and you know it's been running through all kinds of other of my products in terms of you know in terms of pedometer plus plus and widget smith and watchsmith and all my other apps essentially the majority of my app businesses sort of came after this and i mean there was a period where feed wrangler was my main thing and i worked it had an ios app i actually made a podcast client for it called pod wrangler um and it was a product that I, I worked on for a long time but the thing that was tricky for me is it's the main work behind Feed Wrangler was web development. And as time went on, that became less and less something that I was an expert in, less and less something that I wanted to devote time to, and just less and less of sort of something that I had interest in. And so over time, Feed Wrangler kind of slowly be- worked its way into maintenance mode. Um, and I think even maybe two years ago, I c- in, in Feed Wrangler, if you're a subscriber, every year... Uh, a week before your subscription is about to renew, I always send you an email saying, "Hey, just letting you know, you're you know next next week you're going to get a, a charge for your subscription." Um, just sort of, and I usually, mostly, I'm just giving people a heads up so that if they're not using it and they wanted to cancel, I'm giving them an opportunity, which is in some ways probably bad business, but I always felt good and appropriate um, as, as something that I I, I I appreciate when services do that, and so I will do it myself. And in that email, I always have a little like you know, a paragraph at the top kind of with what's going on, new features, if they are in, you know, in the service, or whatever. And about two years ago, in that I said, just sort of started telling people, hey, Feeder Angler realistically is in maintenance mode now. It's not something that I'm focused on. I sort of will keep the service running. I will keep it up as best as I can. Um, but it's not, it's, you know, it's in maintenance mode. There's no new features. It's just, I'll keep it ticking over. And that's how it had been for about two years. And then a few months ago, it came to the point where I just decided it's even maintenance mode is sort of too much. It is, and not necessarily in the amount of time um, it take it, to, it it sort of it took to me, but I think it was too much in terms of the fundamental awkwardness of running a server oriented system. 
is that servers go down and things happen on the internet. And when I'm the only person res- uh, sort of responsible for them, when they go down, it's my problem. And sometimes it's things that I can solve and sometimes it's things that I can't solve. And either way, it's my problem. And it can happen at very inconvenient times. It can happen um, when I'm trying to be focused on something else or it just, you never know. And over time, I think the cognitive load of having that running in the background was diminishing my ability to work on my other projects, to give them the attention they needed. It was being disruptive in a way that I didn't like, both also just like personally as well as professionally, where I never liked the thought that, you know, I'm, if I'm going on, ho- going on vacation, I always have to bring my laptop with me, no matter what, because I never know when a <laughs> yep. server's going to go down. Yep. And I hate that. Like, I, I hate that feeling in the back of my head that I, I can't just leave work at work. You know, f- like Widgetsmith, which has way more users than Feed Wrangler, like by several orders of magnitude more users, <laughs> just runs itself. Like, I, there, I have nothing to do with it. Like, I, you know, if, if I go on vacation holiday for a week, there's just no new features were added to Widgetsmith, but nothing, nothing bad is, is going to happen. Whereas this, you know, with Feed Wrangler, I've had the exact, like, one of my early experiences, maybe two years into Feed Wrangler, was the experience, the actual <laughs> literal experience of I went on holiday to a cabin in the woods with my family. This is when we all thought I, you were dead, right? Yep, everyone, yep exactly. Everyone <laughs> thought I was dead because about, about 30 minutes after I went, and like, this cabin in the woods has no set, no cell reception, no internet, no nothing. It was lovely, glorious. Except 30 minutes after I got out of cell reception, Feed Wrangler went down and it like went down hard. It was one of those, it, it was one of these things where the, you know, something bad happened to the master database and it just, that was it. Like the, it was completely broken and it was completely broken for three days because I had no idea. I was blissfully unaware. I was in the wilderness and this was great. And then I come back, you know, and as I'm driving back from back from the cabin and like all of a sudden my phone explodes with messages and things and it's like it's the lovely thing where it starts off that people are annoyed and kind of grumpy at me that the service is down and then it gradually transitions into like are you okay and then it becomes the like has you know have has he died is he in a ditch somewhere like what is you know people eventually it becomes a eulogy for you yeah like it was he was a good man yeah he was a good man but it's you know it's too bad his service is down <laughs> um, i remember that like because like all of us like all your friends we were like texting you like hey uh, is everything all right you know like the, just so you yeah. know this is going on and eventually like hey are you okay like i i was one of those people like, i remember yeah. and, and and like we started talking to each other hey have you heard from dave you know where dave is? yeah <laughs> and like it's it's and like I've had that experience. I've had the actual experience of the thing that I've is, has been gnawing in the back of my mind for years. It's like one day this is, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. It's, you know, Feed Wrangler is very stable now, but you just never know. Like I had one recently where there was a bad server migration that took Feed Wrangler down for like six hours when, and it was just one of those like, well, it, and it happened at a very inconvenient time for me. It happened, it was like, it was like at 9.30 at night, which in some ways was even worse because I was about to go to sleep, but I hadn't gone to sleep yet. It's like if I'd gone to sleep and I just woke up and it had happened or something like, okay, that's unfortunate. It's been down for 12 hours, but okay. But this one is like, nope, I'm just staying up all night trying to make, you know, get things fixed. And so anyway, so Feed feed Wrangler has reached a point where it decided, you know, it's it's too small a part of my business to justify the cognitive load um, that it has and sort of the the space that it occupies in my mind. I need to, to shut it down and... I think once I reached that point, it was very, 
freeing. And it's almost like that's usually I think you know that you've made a right decision when you kind of you 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 agonize over it, you go back and forth, you think of the pros and the cons, you made us make, you know, for me, if you're me, you make like five spreadsheets, kind of thinking about all the different aspects of it. But once you actually get to the point, you're like, nope, it's time. And it felt amazing. It, it felt like, yes, this is, I should have done this probably two years ago when I put it in maintenance mode. I should have just said, you know what, I'm going to focus on the parts of my business that are growing, that I'm excited about, that I'm engaged with, and not this kind of legacy thing that um, isn't very exciting to me. And so I reached that point, And then it was just like, now then became the really tricky part, which I would, you know, sort of the next part of this, this show, but once is kind of how do you actually shut something down? But uh, yeah. anyway, that's, that's sort of the, the journey that brought me to the point where I, I needed to shut it down. Yeah, I every time something goes wrong with one of my servers, at literally every single time, I, yeah, I, it doesn't happen very frequently, which is in some ways makes this problem worse. Because like every time something goes wrong, goes wrong with my servers, like, you know, this is like a once in a six month kind of thing. And so when it happens, I'm, every time I'm just like, oh, why am I still running servers? How, how can I get myself out of the server business or at least like reduce my server needs significantly or, or reduce the number of things that can break in a catastrophic way? And and I've actually been brainstorming this for a long time, like for, for, for the last few months, like, you know, how, how could I involve like, you know, CDNs and other stuff to like, make stuff more static and, and move some of the dynamic stuff client side, like, you know, ha- stuff like that, that, that could, you know, let the app still work um, in, a, in a large way, even if stuff is, is going badly on the back end and reduce the number of back end servers I'm dealing with in the first place. Um, because I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I've been running servers ever since the tumblr days and that you know that was 2006 <laughs> so it's been a long time uh and i th- and that whole time i've basically been on call in case anything goes wrong i'm the one who's on call uh for almost that entire time and so it, it is it is a certain level of just kind of constant stress like you know i used to go upstate to visit my my uh, my family up there and in a place where there's no internet service and now there is fortunately like but like there was no it's the same thing no cell coverage the the house i was staying in had no internet for a long time and so i would just like you know check my email before i before i like crossed into the the no no coverage zone and just kind of hope it would be okay for the next few hours and i I, you know like wake up the next morning like drive down to the diner in town that had wi-fi park my car outside check that make sure everything's still up and then go back to the house like it was (laughs) it's it's an it's an awkward thing to have that as a constant level of stress in your life for years um and so to be able to remove that uh that that's a big step and in this case too you know when when you're going to shut something down i think you know all all of us in indie developers every indie developer i know we don't take pleasure in taking something away from people who are using it and we don't we we want to serve our customers as well as we can for as long as they are our customers and you don't want to like you know leave people like out of luck you know leave people with nothing uh that that might you know inconvenience them or make their job or life harder or less less pleasant in some way and and so in this case though i think this is the perfect thing to shut down because there are a handful of alternatives out there that all do basically the exact same thing and moving between them is super easy and so it's not like you know when google reader shut down it was it, it one of the reasons why it was a bomb in the industry is that there wasn't anything else that did that um and and so everyone had to kind of scramble and figure out what the heck are we going to do now for this need uh whereas for you shutting down everyone basically like picks a different icon in in their rss reader app because like 
every RSS reader app out there supports multiple sync engines. So <laughs> everyone just picks a different one now and migrates there, you know, export OPML, migrate stuff over, import there, and that's it. And you even set up a nicer one, which I'm sure you'll, you'll talk about. So like that, to me, like that's, this is the perfect thing because it's like, you know what? I don't need to be doing this anymore because these these three or four other people are doing it and that's fine and they're doing a good job and so I don't need to be in this market anymore. Yeah, and I think it's, it is so it is it is so difficult to sort of separate the various parts of making a decision like this because there's the like emotional attachment part of the this is something i made this is something that i worked on for almost a decade in terms of you know i've i've it has been a part of my life for you know almost as long as one of my ch- children like it, it, it's 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 a huge part of me emotionally um and it's you know it, it's gone through some great times it's had some rough times like it, 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 it there's an emotional connection to that and there's obviously a financial aspect to it that you know I've, in shutting this down i'm closing um the door on a, you know a, a potential stream of revenue for uh for the for the business there's kind of the I don't even know, like the reputational risk or the, 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 the potential risk or loss that you have in terms of you know, shutting something down, even if you do it in as best a way as possible. And I, I, I tried as, did everything I could to try and do it in as clean a way as possible. It's like, it is potentially going to annoy some people. And those annoy, that annoyance could have consequences. It may or may not, but this is, this is certainly something that, that, that is worth thinking about. Um, and I think you're even moreover, there's even the thought too of it's like, it's the kind of thing where, it is always difficult to make a decision that you can't easily undo that there isn't an alter like you can't just change your mind and switch back it's it's like once i shut down feed wrangler it's it's pretty much gone like it's not the kind of thing that is is you know if i just if i change my mind in a year and want to do it again like i could sort of try and resurrect it but you know it's it's a one-way decision yeah in a lot of ways and and so it's it's, but I think at the, on the flip side, and the thing that I think I feel good about having gone through this experience is it's just another little encouragement of the, it's like, no, it's okay. Like it, it, I'm over, overweighting and over indexing on a lot of things that, um, aren't ultimately serving me or ultimately aren't serving my business and probably aren't serving my customers. Like if you were a feed wrangler customer, I, I hope you got the service that you were hoping for, but it is not the best feed ring feed syncing system out there like there are way better ones um there are way better systems for doing this because i've it's been a maintenance mode for two years i've been focused on other things like widget smith is my focus right now like and fair enough it's by far the most successful thing i've ever you know, i've made and probably will ever make and so that's where i should put my attention not into you know into a service that is kind of just plodding along doing its thing and i think there's a freedom in saying you know it's like don't it's like it's in very much it's it's very similar to i suppose like some cost fallacy kind of thinking where you know it's so easy to keep it going just because well i can and it doesn't take that much effort but it's there's a powerful difference it's sort of in the same way when you think about with pricing with something where there is a something transformative that happens when it goes from something cost being cheap and something being free like if i have to pay 10 cents for something i think about it differently than if it's just free um, you know, if I'm walking out of, you know, I'm walking out of the the doctor's office and they had a little, you know, had a little candy there, right? And that candy is is free. I might grab it. That candy is ten cents. I'm probably not going to get it, even though it's just ten cents. It's not a big deal. It's a, that small incremental difference. And there's this, but the transformative nature of zero versus anything 
um, is something I think I'm more aware of now. And in this case, it's like, even though it's taking a very little amount of time relative, you know, in whatever I work, however many hours I week, say it was, you know, 40 hours a week for 48 uh, weeks of the year or so is probably about what I work. And even if Feed Wrangler is taking a fraction of that, there was a huge difference between a fraction and zero. And I think the more I realized that difference, um, the kind of the more empowered I feel and the kind of, it gives me sort of confidence to push back against all those earlier things of all the costs or the potential pitfalls or the dangers of, of shutting something down and feeling much more comfortable about, um, just sort of diving in and saying, nope, it's not, it's not serving me anymore. I don't think it's a good choice for me and just running with that feeling. We are brought to you this episode by SourceGraph. So you've hired a brilliant developer. That's great. Now you have to get them onboarded. If your company is growing, onboarding new developers will be a common occurrence, but it's a big undertaking each time. One of the biggest challenges for new hires is to get up to speed with the project their new team is working on. This can be tricky if the code bases your developers are working on are already large. Thankfully, SourceGraph makes it easy to move fast, even in those big code bases. Developers know that knowledge is most useful when it's findable. Centralization is helpful, but given the fact that most companies store knowledge in at least two different locations, how do you make knowledge accessible to those that need it? As a code intelligence platform, SourceGraph gives developers what they need to drive their own learning over time and in different situations. Teams without SourceGraph need to rely on asking colleagues or reviewing out-of-date documentation, which is cumbersome and time-consuming. But with SourceGraph, every developer can search across millions of repositories to find specific code, saving time for themselves and everyone else. So when questions do come up, you know it's the big stuff that's worthy of the extra time. SourceGraph was created to make developers' lives easier, and today they work with leading companies across every industry, including three out of five of the top tech companies, plus PayPal, Uber, Plaid, GE, Reddit, and Atlassian, and so much more. Visit about.sourcegraph.com to learn more. That's about.sourcegraph.com to find out why some of the biggest tech companies in the world use SourceGraph and to see what it can do for yours. Or just click the link in the show notes to let them know you heard about them from us. Once again, about.sourcegraph.com. Our thanks to SourceGraph for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I, I think you're doing largely the right thing here. You know, as I said earlier, you know, you you're you're leaving your customers with a pretty easy migration elsewhere and i think you're fortunate in the sense that this is not always possible in fact sure. almost in almost every case i can think of shutting down some kind of app or service usually there is not a direct replacement that like it, you know it's like if you're moving like you know from from s3 to a different block storage kind of thing like okay everyone uses the s3 api for their block storage platforms so that's easy to move between but moving like between apps for services usually does not work that cleanly. Uh, it, this is a very unique situation here, and I think you've made it even easier. Yeah, and I think that was certainly something that I decided uh, early on, that I, I wanted to put in the time and energy to make this transition as as absolutely easy and seamless as possible. Essentially, it's one of those things that I, I'm not sure I strictly had to do, that I think there are easier approaches that I could have taken. I mean, all the way up to the most extreme version is the just like announce one day, it's like, I'm done with this and I just pull the plug and that's it. <laughs> like I could have done that. That probably wouldn't have been a wise choice. That may have been difficult and ca- caused lots of uh, issues for me. But I, and the, the approach that I decided to take instead, I think it was essentially the version of, I would rather this be as painless as possible for my users to the degree such that I can sort of stop thinking about it at the soonest possible. I want to do everything I can to just make this smooth, easy. Everybody's happy. 
sort of they might be a little sad in terms of it's going away, but not sad in the sense that they feel like that I took advantage of them or, you know, was was doing something kind of shady or problematic. And so the approach I took for with this is, you know, so Feed Wrangler, I announced that it's it's uh it's gonna shut down, but it isn't shutting down until March first of next year. And that's the day essentially that the one year anniversary of the last uh pers the last person who was ever charged for a subscription. So Every person who has paid for a subscription to Feed Wrangler is getting their money's worth. Um, and obviously, if you had, if your subscription was going to renew on March second, then you're getting an excellent deal because um, <laughs> your, your your subscription will be you, you get an, essentially a bonus year for free. But for most people, they're getting, I guess, on average, six months free. Um, and that was just sort of much much simpler than trying to work out any kind of. The last thing I wanted to go down was like, how do I like issuing partial refunds or some kind of system to prorate people's accounts that pay, they've paid and things. And it's like, the reality is the, the servers are up, they're running, the costs aren't crushing such that keeping something going for this is, is too problematic. I mean, it's all hosted on Linode, which is relatively cost effective for the kind of scale that I'm, I'm, I'm running here. Um, so I decided to do that. And it's like, that should hopefully just eliminate a whole host of potential problems of people who feel like they, you know, they are being cheated out of something. It's like no one was cheated out of anything. Everyone got exactly what they paid for. And in fact, most people get paid, you know, got more than they paid for. So I decided to go ahead and do that. Um, and then the second thing I did is it's like I wanted to make the actual process of getting off of Feed Wrangler even easier. And so like you said, I mean, with RSS syncing at its core, you know, all, all anybody can get an OPML file, which is just this file that's a list of all the feeds that you are subscribed to. And I can, I can generate an OPML file, and uh, you know, if you've been able to do that from day one in Feed Wrangler. So if you wanted to leave Feed Wrangler, that's probably what you would have done. But I was like, I thought I could do better, and I wanted to make it so that it's kind of like as one click as possible. And so I ended up reaching out to um, Ben at Feed at Feedbin, sorry, at Feedbin, which is. In my opinion, the best RSS syncing platform um, of, of the lot. It's someone who um, I, I've, you know, it's, it's like it's the platform I'm moving to. It's the one that I think has the longest kind of legacy of consistent improvement and just has all the great little features and things in it that I kind of I always wish I'd gotten to in Feed Wrangler, but didn't have the time, energy, or focus to work on. It's like he's been doing all these things for years, and so I was like, great, this is who I want to go to, and I just went to him and said, hey. I'm going to be shutting down Feed Wrangler. I would love to move people to Feedbin. Is that something that you know that, that you'd be interested in making sort of seamless? And, and and you know, and he was totally on board. He's like, this is you know, you have to see, you know, it's a good marketing uh, opportunity for him. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And he he went sort of the extra mile in terms of building out a kind of one click migration that isn't just the OPML file, which is what in some ways I was thinking he would sort of start with where you, you know, you click a link in here and it would, you know, pull, generate the OPML file automatically. So you're not like downloading an XML file and then uploading it over there. It's like if you could kind of do it more directly, but he went beyond that. And even it imports all your start articles and even sort of tries to sync your unread status to the degree that that's possible. Um, just using the, the main feed wrangler, uh, API, you know, so essentially it's like he pretends to be a client, just like an RSS, you know, like Reader or Unread or any of the RSS clients, NetNewsWire. He pretends to be one of those to Feed Wrangler and just tries to sync the position as best he can. He, it's not going to be 100% because the nature of RSS is that, you know, IDs change and we have slightly different versions of what a particular article is or make it confusion, but it's like it can get you to like 99% 
of exactly where you left off to the degree of like the unread status of your articles in your main inbox. And, you know, he just went ahead and built that. And I think for me, as soon as I, that was, that path became something that was viable. I was like, this is perfect. Like anybody who, um, so sort of wants the easy way out who just wants to just click a button and then now they're on a different service. They just have, you know, he'll, he clicks, you can click there and then you just, you sign up with, with Feedbin and all your stuff will, will carry over. And then you just go into whatever your, you know, your actual client is that's going to read that and log in again. And it, you know, I talked, heard from several customers who said it took, you know, all of maybe one or two minutes to, to do the migration. And it's like, I didn't have to necessarily do that, but I think there is definitely something beneficial of really taking care of customers in terms of you only go you can go crazy with it probably but you really moreover it's like that effort of trying to really make this process forward is ultimately i did it for me just as much as i did it for the customers because it means that i can feel great about this i've had nothing but positive uh reactions like i was a little nervous when i announced it was going to be shut down like how are people going to feel is it going to be grumpy am i going to have you know hate mail and dealing with that for days and days and it's like nope everyone who was you know all i've heard was people who were like thank you for the service i'm sorry it's going away i understand why um and thank you for making the migration straightforward and it's like essentially that's what i bought by going down the road of doing a little bit of the extra work having the existing service linger around for long enough that no one's feeling rushed no one's feeling like i'm putting them out um and it's like i just kind of like that the, the price of that was that extra work and then now I could just move on and I can stop thinking about Feed Wrangler and it'll linger around in maintenance mode just like it has been for, um, you know, whatever, another 10 months now. Um, and, and I will feel a little less, um, urgent in terms of if it happens to go down for a few hours here and there. I feel a little less bad about that than I, than I would have otherwise because most people are getting it for free and everyone understands that it's going away. Um, and I've given everyone a great opportunity to move to somewhere else that is even better and putting them into a better place. And so like overall, I just feel good about this and I feel like it was, it was long overdue, but definitely worth doing. Yeah. I, I think you've done this in the best possible way. I, mean, I, I would even say that if, if anything, people should take away from this lesson that you don't actually need to do this quite this much for your customers some of the time. Sure. I mean, Absolutely. like in this case, again, like I think in this case you had a lucky situation in that it was fairly easy to migrate people off, you know, in the, in the relative sense, you know, if I, if like, if I wanted to shut down overcast, I don't, but if I, if I wanted to shut down overcast, um, you know, you could, there's like OPML export and stuff I could do, but like you mentioned, pod, like RSS feeds have this whole issue of like OPML files can export the list of feeds you're subscribed to, but there is no, standard consistent way that everybody would support or is even possible to identify to uniquely identify the items in the feed to represent like which items have you read or not read or anything like that that's a much harder problem um and and it's not there's not really a good solution to that so like for me to like just stop running overcast and give people a way to hey you know what here i'm gonna make a deal with you know castro or whatever to to export your feeds like that i think would would go over very poorly because it would work very poorly um because there isn't really a good way to do this and and not to, not to mention the fact that like your usage pattern um, in each in different apps is different. Whereas in this case, like most people were not using your website; they were using the API in a in an app. And so because the API works basically the same way, like I moved off of Feed Wrangler a couple months ago, like when, when this was becoming apparent, this was probably going to be the direction we're going. And 
it, I didn't even notice. Like the next day, I just stopped. I forgot that I even that I had even done it because <laughs> everything was basically the same. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. So if, if anything, I would say like you know don't don't bend over too far backwards. Like don't spend months shutting down something or you know don't don't run something well after the point where it's financially viable for you to keep running it solely because you feel an obligation to people to always continue everything forever because you know that the obligation you have to people ends at the point where you are losing money or spending way too much time on something like that at that point your obligation is is fulfilled and you should take care of yourself first in this case it happened to work out that you could you could do both yes no and i think that's absolutely right and i certainly don't want to give the implication that you need to go you go all the way down the road that i went but i think it was it's like i was buying something with that time and in for me, thankfully, it wasn't very much time. I mean, most of the work Ben was doing at, at Feedbin for the, the migrator because in, you know, it works out well that he has the motivation to do that because the better the migrator is, the more likely it is that people will move to, to you know, that will be the, the place that people go. Um, and also, but it's just being thoughtful, maybe is, is, and it's like being in, the, there's two sides of it in this, in this conversation is like being thoughtful of, is this serving you? Is this something that, is a product or an app or whatever it is, is, is this something that should continue to exist or is it reached that crossed over that to that tipping point and no longer is, is, is worth your effort. And if, if that's the case, you know, be a little ruthless with that and understand that it's, it, you're, you're going to be, you're closing opportunities to yourself by the number of things that are weighing down your sort of weighing you down from your past. And then once you cross that point, be kind, be thoughtful to your existing, you know, to your customers, take care of people, and then move on. And when, as long as you've sort of done a reasonable job of taking care of people and not just like sprung it on them in a mean way, then more than likely it's going to be fine. And you're sort of preparing yourself for sort of richer opportunities in the future. Well said. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.